It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Hey, everybody. Hey. Hi. We got a full studio today. Big time. Love I'm it. excited about it. It's going to get real warm. <laughs> it's going to get real warm in here. Uh, last show we had a couple uh, a couple people in. This show we have a bunch of friends in and family and uh, excited about it. Welcome, everybody. Hopefully you find a place to sit or whatever. Today's going to be a cool show. I'm really excited about it. Uh, it kind of fits in with the theme of, uh, of a lot of uh, kids and family in here. We have uh, our twin reporters. Yes. I bet you didn't know we had one reporter, much less two. Uh, but our twin reporters of Parker and Annie Essers, they got a sneak preview of Harry Potter World at Universal Studios. I have never been more jealous of kids in my life. <laughs> that and summer vacation. Yeah, lot right. of jealous of kids. Yeah, but oh. not spring break or Christmas vacation. Uh, it's just a week. But the three months off. Oh, it's true. Kill for it. That's true. Well, you don't. Well, you could kill for it, and then you'll have like five to life or whatever. It is. <laughs> it's I true. Don't know. Fifteen to life. Sixty months off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk to them, and then uh, Terrence is going to uh, give us the history of the Matterhorn ride, yes. which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, and then our fact of the show and all that other kind of, you know, other stuff that we do. So let's jump in here. Uh, you can find us on TuneIn, uh, iTunes, you know, rate us on iTunes, do all that kind of stuff. Follow us on social media. We're all over the place. Uh, if you have feedback, it goes to Taryn. Any compliments, go to Terrence. You can say hi. Hi. To Bev. Very assertive. That one sound better? Yeah, that yeah. was way better. Okay. Uh, and you can, well, it's different. Actually, yeah, I kind of like the last one well, better. Last one was good, yeah. too. <gasps> Um, <laughs> no, now that one was the best. I didn't, right. I didn't realize you were a smoker. All right. Hello there. Uh, and you can send whatever else you want to me, uh, and that's all earsup-podcast.com. Support us. We, we count on your support to survive. Uh, you guys have been blowing the doors off of our bandwidth. You've been sucking down all of our shows and just eating up all our bandwidth. And uh, we had to go to the next tier with our hosting. And so, of course, that means a little bit more money, which is great. It's a great problem to have. I'm definitely not complaining about it uh, at all. Not at all. I'm just kidding. At all. Uh, but it's, 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 it's been really cool to see a bunch of new listeners. We have, a, we have tons of new listeners. And, uh, you know, that, that data is just going off like crazy. So uh, thank you very much. For, for listening to the show. So if you want to support us, uh, do your Amazon shopping through our Amazon link. You can find that uh, at earsuppodcast.com. We also accept donations, of course, reoccurring and one-time donations if you want. Also go to getcoveyears.com. That's C-O-V-E-A-R-S. And buy yourself a pair of coveyears. You can buy yourself a churro shirt there as well. I have a, a couple sizes in stock. But if you are, uh, I only have men's large, extra large 2X unfortunately. But if you want uh, different sizes and different colors, you can head out uh, to tpublic.com and search Ears Up Podcast and we'll come up. And not only can you buy our churro shirt there, but our brand new turkey leg <laughs> shirt. Turkey legs. So if you're a fan of either uh, either food, get one of each, man. I'm a fan of both foods. <laughs> At the same time. You're a fan of all foods. I'm a fan of all foods. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. I'm an all food kind of a person. Um, and then the, the lovely lady who helped us design that, Lulu, yes. uh, she is also on Tee Public. So while you're there buying stuff, uh, search. Uh, you can either search Lulu or Beer Me, and hers is the little slumped over beer bottle. It's a cute little beer bottle guy, and uh, we adore it, and we adore her, and uh, you know, 
buy a shirt, would you? Mm-hmm. All right, Taryn, let's do some feedback real fast. All right, the first one is from Nick. Uh, he says, you guys, are, you guys have one of the most entertaining shows out there. Love every second of it. Wow. Like Even most- I don't love every second. Yeah. <laughs> Nick sounds uh, crazy. He likes us more than we like us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, like most people's comments, I'm almost always yelling when I listen. Uh, like, like somehow you guys will hear me. <laughs> so then he has little notes for each of us. Fair for Terrence. Enough. Um, I don't know if you've heard about it, but I saw a picture of a cookies and cream churro in Cars Land. I'd love to hear the thoughts of the churro master on this one. I have had that one. First of all, the churro master. The churro master. The churro master. Right. That actually is my answer. Can we have a shirt made for Terrence? Oh, that just says somebody... the churro master. Yeah, churro. Yeah, yes. the churro shirt with churro master on the back. The, oh, I can yeah. do that. Like, or, okay, perfect. Or that has get, to like, happen. You know that picture of him holding like 84 churros in yeah. his hands? Yeah. Like, oh, shadow oh, kind of like that with like churro master. That's not bad. Oh, yeah. Visions, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm uh, email that vision to me. I am. Um, I'm a purist, and so I, okay. I have the cookies and cream one with the chocolate sauce dip. Okay, eh, not okay. a big fan. Yeah, just mm. give me a normal churro that I don't have to dip. Just cinnamon flying everywhere with every yeah. bite. That's You're a straightforward kind of a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All yeah. right. Uh, for me, he says your section. Terrence thinks is amazing. Um, I'm always so antsy in my seat when I hear your opening song, wondering if you're about to drop some philosophical brain teaser (laughs) (laughs) or leave me dying of laughter. 90% of the time I'm dying. I found myself dazing off in class one day. Actually, he says dazzling off in class one day, and I like that better. Yeah. Um, That was just, what are you doing? I'm dazzling. Dazzling off. Dazzling off. So I found myself dazzling off in class one day, and the thought, (laughs) do famous people have cloth toilet paper? And I lost it. (laughs) Uh, To Jason, um, I love how brutal you can be. Um, I was not expecting this when when I first listened to this podcast about Disneyland. You have a great way with words, which is perfect for this radio-style show. Sorry, Bev. He doesn't say anything about it. That's okay. <laughs> Maybe he hasn't caught up yet. Yeah. Um, on a side note for all of you, I don't understand your love for Toy Story Mania. Maybe I don't go with the right people, but it never seemed that fun to me. What? Uh, well, you know what we have to do is do we have to do a show on the yes. Easter eggs? Well, we have to yes. do it. I don't yeah. even think it's a show. I think it's a it's a blog post. But I took a okay. ton of photos getting ready for that. We just haven't done it. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to go uh, to school down south next semester to a school that's 15 minutes from the park. I'd love to try and get a working job there. If I get in, I'll fill you in on all the details and take any questions you might have. A working job. Your friend, Nick. That's cool. Where's where's Nick from? He said down south. Uh, He's hoping to go to school down south. He doesn't say where he's from right now. No, he didn't say. Well, yeah, good luck on your job search, man. And let us know if you get that job. We will, trust me, we have a list of photos that we need you to take. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So many photos. We'd be happy to use you. Anything else? Yes. Um, This next one. Oh, shoot. Your screen's not big enough. I can't see who it's. Oh, it's from Carrie. Uh, hi, gang. My family just returned this week from Disney. We live in Utah, another Utah, uh, and visit Disney every other year. It's the other person's, like, daughter. <laughs> I found your podcast about a year ago, have listened to every episode, and wanted to share some feedback with you about our recent visit. First, we sold the crap out of your churro t-shirts. Nice. Two, <laughs> two of us wore them, and people stopped us in line in the middle of the park, etc., to find out where we got our shirts. Awesome. We said churroshirt.com. Nice. Uh, because of your podcast, we enjoyed so many more things in the park than ever before. We looked at the Main Street windows, checked out all the popcorn turners, and enjoyed some of the queues more than before. Instead of running from ride to ride, we tried to take in more uh, more of the amazing history and features of the that the park has. Thank oh, you all cool. for that. That's cool. really neat. That's why we do the show. Yeah. That right there. Exactly. Uh, Now for the rides. 
and and he or he or she bullet points these. Um, Small World. This was my favorite ride as a kid. It's been 30 years since I wrote it. It was longer than I recall, and I think I'll wait 30 years before writing it again. <laughs> Yeah, Snow, <laughs> Snow White ride, okay. first and last time riding. <laughs> wow, really? I like Snow White ride. It's, it's a good little, ride. It's a little convoluted, but it's I just still... don't like how it's like. And they lived happily ever after, and then everything's great. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't um, that be amazing if that just that's was life? life? Right? Yeah. yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> I'm sad. Suddenly, I'm not. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Xanax. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Number three, Alice in Wonderland ride. Why is this queue always forty minutes long? <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah. Splash Mountain. What happened to this ride? It's like the dumping ground for old animatronics. Yeah, it, it <laughs> is. That's also it literally is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, five. Hyperspace Mountain. I loved the overlay. I love mm. the beginning of the Star Wars when the Star Wars theme kicks in. Love it. I actually did really like that part. Is really cool. It's just the the the, the actual ride. I didn't like. But uh, number six. Uh, download the Disney app. It was really great to have this for wait. The wait times are pretty accurate, and it's nice to have the hours there all of the time. Mm-hmm. Number seven. Luigi's Dancing Cars. Uh, everybody's calling it something different, by the way, so they really right. have not branded this correctly. <laughs> yes. um, we did not ride it as the line was too long, but it looks like a ride a ride once and done. The cars are adorable, but the riders look bored. There's nothing to do on that ride. <laughs> um, and then they say, what's always awesome is Indiana Jones, Matterhorn, Haunted Mansion, Big Thunder, Radiator Springs. Uh, number nine, Toy Story Mania. Fun, but not worth the consistently 60-minute wait. Agreed. I mean, Agreed. Uh, number 10, first time to the Tiki Room. We liked it a lot. Very cute and just the right length. We went to DCA the first day, and we were really enjoying it, and I was thinking Terrence is right. I love DCA. But then the next morning, we hit Disneyland early, and that magic kicked in. That magic kicked in. It's a better park. Every detail is so well thought out from start to finish. There's yeah. so much more going on. This person's right. This yeah. person's our new co-host. This person's yeah, really right? smart. Yeah. Uh, we bought both dining packages for the evening shows. I'll leave some feedback on, on that on another post. This is getting long. Sorry. Uh, thank you again so much for your podcast. The whole family loves it and learns something every episode. Awesome. Who was that from? Did that was you... from Carrie. Carrie. Thank you, yes. Carrie. He or she. Not sure. It's with a C. Carrie from you. So I, th- I thought it was a guy, but it could be a girl, I guess. I think Carrie. Look, I'm not C- going to say. Look, okay. It's C A R E Y. Thank you, From Carrie. The <laughs> length of the email, I think it's a woman. Is that weird to say? Is that yes, bad to say? I wouldn't. Yeah. Thank you, Carrie. Okay, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Appreciate it. It, it. Pretend it, I didn't say that. I don't know. Whatever. Thank All you, right, Carrie. Continue on. Uh, the last What's one next? is from Justin H. Um, I work definitely gra- a female. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. uh, I work graveyards at DCA, and I listen to you guys at work. First and foremost, I think you guys are awesome. Oh, thank you. But secondly, Uh-oh. I'm. No, it's fine. No, I'm roughly about a year behind, so I don't know if you've gotten to these or not, but I think they're pretty cool fun facts about the parks. Uh, First, the Dapper Dans were featured on an episode of The Simpsons. That's cool. No. The episode is called Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Uh, In the Carthay Lounge, they feature bottles of wine from the Lasseter Winery with custom labels. Each label is one of the Pixar movies and is signed. They are available for sale at a measly $1 million. Oh, I'll take 10. Right. Um, on the plus side, Lasseter will match the price and donate it to charity. Okay, that's awesome. That's cool. Uh, it's still a million dollars. It better be the best Just donate it. <laughs> ever. I'd, I'd be willing to bet a million dollars that hasn't it happened is. yet. No. So, okay. Um, in Ariel's Undersea Adventure, uh, in the under uh, under the sea scene, on the right-hand side is Mr. Limpet because the artist took some of the inspiration from uh, The Incredible Mr. Limpet, which Bev had Nailed talked about. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, these are just some that I find interesting. Thank you for all you do, and see you at the parks. 
Very cool. I would yeah. love Justin. I would love to meet up with Justin next time. I yeah, I think that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Taryn, we're going to forego your thanks for now. We're just going to push them uh, because our... Uh, well, some our, people need to get to bed. Our twin reporters. They're ready. Uh, it's a little late for them, so... Yeah. Uh, we'll get them on the phone. Parker and Annie Essers, are you guys with us? Yes. yes. How are you? We're good. Are you? Yes. yes. All right. <laughs> uh, Annie th- worried when I answered it. She says, don't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> so tell everybody who doesn't know who you are, which is uh, shocking to me. Uh, how old are you, lovely ladies? Eleven. You're eleven already. Oh, you were saying the wrong age. Mm. I, but I personally didn't say the age on the air. You said, you said oh. I thought you yeah. did. No. Nope. <laughs> Thanks, though, Taryn. Appreciate so that old. very much. So you gals got to go to the Harry Potter, or no, I'm sorry, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Yes, we yeah. did. How did that happen? Well. Because it's not open to the public yet, right? No. No. Our godmother, Tammy, works for Universal Studios. Okay. And we were actually tricked into going there. We actually did not know at all that we were going. Wait, you were, really? You were tricked, tricked into it? It was a surprise? <laughs> It yeah. was awesome. Like, yeah. <laughs> what did you think you, you were going to, to school or something? Uh, well, what happened was our awesome teacher, who happens to be a fan of Doctor Who, Star Wars, and Harry Potter, um, rushed everybody out of class, and she got us out through like a little secret exit way for teachers, and it was great. Wow. Yeah, because because wow. she totally knew, and, and we so. didn't, and we were. I'm kind of. I'm a little upset that I was surprised because, I mean, a dinner out with my godmother is awesome. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so you thought you were but, going out to dinner? Yes, yeah. we Okay. Yeah. Okay, and so you were excited for that because you love your yeah. godparents? Yeah. Okay. Was, and then, I mean, they're hilarious. Right. And it's, I mean, they're not. Dinner conversations are always fun. <laughs> You guys just seem so adult. I love the dinner conversation. <laughs> Once dessert happens, it gets a little weird. So, uh, and so what? They said they were going to stop at Universal or something real fast. To and... drop off a backpack. And then when we were there, they said, oh, we might actually stay here for dinner. Oh. So. Did you guys have any we... idea yet? No. no. So Annie kind of guessed at it. Oh, really? Nice. Yes. Yeah, once I sort of guessed at it, but I'm like, oh, no, no, I would have I realized by now. <laughs> <laughs> but they Our had you. Our parents actually tricked us into wearing these, like, spell shirts that we have, these Harry Potter spell shirts. Oh, oh really? Nice. Tricky, tricky. So, you guys are getting tricked a lot by your family. Yes. But in good ways. Very. I like that. So, okay, so you, so you find out you're going to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, and this is why we're talking to you, uh, not only because we love you, but because <laughs> nobody else has seen this, really. Mm-hmm. Um, well, people you know. have, but they don't have any connections to any podcast people. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's why we're, that's why we're chatting here. So yeah. when you, so tell me how it is when you first stepped into the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, because you girls are giant Harry Potter fans, right? Yeah. So first, I'd like to mention they told us by taking a picture and saying in front of like that big globe. Yeah. And they said, "Hey, we're gonna go to the Harry po- the Wizarding World of Harry Potter." We thought it was just something to get us to smile. <laughs> 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 It took about 10 minutes of them repeatedly telling us that we were actually going there for 
for it to finally sink in, like, wait, we're actually going. <laughs> we have some pictures in front of us, and the picture, when we learn about it, I look hilarious. <laughs> I'm wearing my big jacket, and I've my mouth is wide open, and I'm jumping up and down on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt it. I look forward to seeing that photo. That's a funny image. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so you're in the wizarding world of Harry Potter. You walk under the archway, I think, right? And then yes, you kind yeah. of And what do you see? What's the what's the cuz I've only been to the one in Orlando. I don't know what this one looks like out here. Well, the big archway, it's a big stone archway and um there's an iron sign hanging on it that says Hogsmeade. And the okay. second you walk in, to your right is the um Hogwarts Express, which is awesome, okay. which doesn't go Oh, because it's, it's, a there? Very, it's kind of a small land. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. And then to your uh, wait, to your left is the um, it's Hungry Dukes and Zonkos combined in one giant candy shop. Oh, Interesting. Wow. Okay. Was yeah. that the first place he went? Yes. Yes. <laughs> we didn't have, I don't know how we did this, but I it, yeah, it was because we were saving up money money for a wand, which we'll talk about near the end. Okay. Um. We didn't buy any candy. I don't know how we did it. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, I'll be honest with chocolate you. Chocolate frogs. When Taryn and I went, we there were big chocolate frogs. They were huge, right? And and we <laughs> yes. when, when we went in Orlando, we didn't buy any candy either because I thought it was kind of overpriced. Really? I mean, it's it's just candy, and when you get down yeah. to the to the bottom, it's just <laughs> chocolate and jelly beans and stuff like that. But the 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 design, the package design, was really cool. It looked awesome. It looked right from the movie, but it was kind of it's like yeah. twelve dollars. It seemed the, a lot to me. The design on the, um, what I really noticed was the, um, Birdie Bots Ever Flavored Bean Boxes. Yeah. Because we had gotten them the past few years and just some regular jelly bean boxes, but these looked straight from the very first movie. It was really cool. That's awesome. And, uh, did you get any butterbeer? Yes. Oh, uh, tell me how it was. Delicious. Really? Yeah, um,. Because they'd gotten, like, these super cool wristbands for us, mm-hmm. um, the Butterbeer was actually free. What? Wow. Major bonus. Major, Major bonus. bonus. <laughs> it was delicious. And it was, it's super good. And the cream on top, like, butterscotch, yummy, frothy cream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, there's, like, a ton of butterscotch in it, and it's just so good. So, okay, so tell me, how, how was it? Because I... I Look, I like Harry Potter. I'm not a giant yeah. fan like you guys are. Taryn is a, is a big fan. Beverly is a big fan as well. Go, um, Taryn! <laughs> but, Thank you. And so I remember taking <laughs> a butterbeer and walking around the Wizarding World out in Orlando and kind of like, this is really cool, but it didn't yeah. it didn't sink into me. It didn't mean it like as much as I think it did to Taryn. What did it mean to you guys? How did you guys feel uh, being immersed into this into this world? Did they do a, a, a good job, a proper job? Did you feel they like you were actually there? They did an amazing job job except after just looking over the first movie yeah um the first movie see a very narrow diagon alley which Mm -hmm. i have to mention they mix diagon alley and hogsmeade together really that's not huh that's not normal but it was really cool and andy was making up names for it (laughs) like what come on okay it's either hogs alley (laughs) or diagon mead I kind of like Hogs Alley. I like Diagon Mead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, a. Was it um, was it uh, jarring? Did it look out of place, or was it was it kind of appropriate? It was the 
the smashing together was very appropriate, but it wasn't very much like Honeydukes was very similar to the movie, but the whole of the Diagon Alley Hogsmeade mix was not. When you see Diagon Alley in the very first movie, it is very narrow and there's zero straight lines where this is very wide. And all you can see are straight lines. Yeah, well, because they have to accommodate tons of people. Yeah. True. That's true. Yeah. Um, did you see the frog choir? <gasps> yes. Was that not cool? That was amazing. And I, I, um, I'm glad that they brought that over to this park because that was kind of one of my favorite parts of the Orlando park. It was, it was definitely one of our favorite parts. Um, the conductor and one of the boys singing seemed to really like each other. It was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw in, in the notes that, that, that they had um, performers in, yes, the, in the Wizarding the, World. And there I, were Durmstrang and Bo Batten's performers after we got off what? one of the rides. Were, did they have that in Orlando, Terry? <laughs> what are those? The, Durmstrang and Bo Batten? <laughs> the yeah, other wizarding the schools. Other schools. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, they're other oh, right, 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 right. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. How, the, what, what did they do? The drumstring people had their brooms. It was more of the uh, Quidditch team, and hmm. they were kind of showing off. And the Bobatins Vila. If you don't know what Vila are, they are beautiful women who drive men to do crazy things. Who can also turn into fire-breathing <laughs> birds. This is from the books. Oh, I thought I thought this was like a nature book you were reading from. <laughs> makes sense. It makes no, sense. It was, yeah. the, it was in the fourth book. So some men call those dragons. <laughs> so, some. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, so what did they do? Uh, did they, they dance around or what? Um, the Bobatin. Well, the um, Durmstrang boys um, sort of just lo- sat there looking fierce, and one of them actually and very manly. <laughs> and one of them, <laughs> Appropriate, and one of them actually breathed fire, which was sort of awesome. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Whoa, yeah, it was super cool. And then the Bobatins performers um, sort of just walked across the stage, looking cool, <laughs> looking very pretty, and I don't know. <laughs> and then um, nice. one of them actually came running from the side of the stage oh, and yeah. did super cool flips in the air. Ooh! Wow! Yeah. So some uh, acrobatics. Yeah, that's so, cool. The people who went on this, like, stage were very amazing, and um, they were, they act like this, I don't know how to describe it, um, they didn't care if they messed up, I guess. They okay, looked, they were comfortable? Like, they looked very confident okay. in themselves, which sometimes, I mean, I'm a dancer, I'm a performer, I can see, I notice these things, but... um. Sometimes you see people perform, and they look like they have zero idea of what they're doing. <laughs> That's true. It's true. That's You're absolutely true, <laughs> and especially at theme parks. Because yeah, and either these people they... were these people were amazing. Yeah, and and you know because they you, you know uh, the people who don't care maybe they've done it for you know six months, uh, five days a week you know and they're kind of tired <laughs> of it. But uh, maybe these people are just better performers or. It's kind of new to them too, and they're just they're they're excited about it. But that's uh, that's good to, that's good to hear. I'm glad that people are into their work. You know, yeah, I think yeah. you have to be for that. Um, so they have uh, what rides do they have there? They had two rides. Um, the first one that we went on was the Flight of the Hippogriff. Okay, how was, was that? A, 
It was really cool. Um, in the line coming up to it, you can see the side of this giant nest. For okay. it's for Buckbeak, this beautiful kind of cute animatronic Buckbeak. Okay. And as, as you walk along, you also see Haggard's hut with lots of noises and broken crates that look like something got out. <laughs> <laughs> And you don't see the buck beak in the nest until you're, like, about to go on the ride, which is really cool. Okay, so they they, they did a pretty good attention to detail on that section, sounds yeah. like. Yeah, yes. Okay. Uh, the ride... It, oh, go no, ahead. No, you go ahead. The ride itself was kind of short. Yeah, what they did, yeah. it was, like, half the time you were on your side, and that was sort of cool. There huh. was, like, a little bit of a part where you were almost upside down, but okay. you weren't. Okay. Huh. Yeah, but it was only like it was really fast and cool, but it was only like ten seconds long. Yeah. Oh, would you say too bad. would you say that standing in the line was better than the ride itself? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's how I felt about the one in Florida. Yeah. That's, that's right, yeah. I was like the yeah. line is super cool and then the ride was kinda like, that was stupid. Yeah. Well it it's not that it was stupid, it's just that it was a lot of fun but really quick. Yeah, I agree. It, it's a very short ride. Um, I didn't care for it too much because we just got off of the, um, I forget the name of the other one. I, I think Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. Yeah, maybe That's it was that one. one. So we did that one, um, which you kind of almost, go like a 180 almost. And then, oh my gosh, and then we went on the flight of the, the hippogriff ride. and I'm like, this is kind of, you know, when you go on a super fast thrill ride and then you get on yeah. another ride that's not really a thrill ride and it's very obvious. Oh. Yeah. So you went on the Forbidden Journey. How was that? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that ride was pretty awesome. Really? And going up to it, it was sort of like you were really in Hogwarts. You were walking through Hogwarts. Okay, okay, that's good. So it's a lot, it, it's kind of mirroring the other parks too. That's cool because that's what I really liked about the, the other park, and I'm glad they're doing that over here as well. Yeah, um, going up to it, you first walk through the greenhouse, then you get into the, um, really into Hogwarts, and there are all the talking portraits. The talking oh, cool. portraits were so funny. Yeah, they were funny? Yeah. That's good. Um, it was like, um, Gryffindor and, and Slytherin. Slytherin. They were fighting. They were, they were fighting were across the hall. <laughs> and then, so, like, somebody from Ravenclaw would just say, Stop arguing, I'm trying to study. Olga <laughs> <laughs> Hufflepuff was saying, Stop it, no one cares about your stupid arguments. There are people here. <laughs> that sounds cool. That sounds, it was, uh, it it sounds was really quite neat. funny. Did you guys get a wand? Let's talk about your wands. The wands. Sadly, these were actually the last things we did. Oh, no. Why is that? Well, because we were just doing everything else. We looked at Zonkos and Honeydates. We walked around a bit. Yeah. Then we went on the rides, and then we did the wands. Did you, did you, did you do that intentionally? Or and it just kind of happened? No. We kind of just... Honestly, during all the rides, we kind of forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, you don't need to have them, right? What, what, yes, what? you do. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, what wands did you end up getting? Well, first we should tell you about the line. When you go, there are two ways to get in. There's a regular door, but then there's then there's a line that you can go through where you have a very low chance of the wand actually choosing you. Huh. Yeah. Well, First of all, it's like a 40-minute wait in line. It was like 45 oh, wow. minutes. It took a very long time. Wow. 
So, and then so when you find, I have a little question. So, did you guys? Is it a show that you do to to find your a, wand? Um. Well, you go when you first get in. You go through the secret room. Then you wait for like another ten minutes. Yeah. And then you go through into this bigger chamber, and this wand keeper picks one person that does a wand ceremony, and he chooses it very cheesily. Like <laughs> he sticks out his hand and says. Oh, I feel lots of magic around you. And it's extremely cheesy the way that he does it. (laughs) And there's about 30 people in the room, so it's like a 10% chance of you being chosen. More like a one and a a half percent chance. (laughs) Got it. Uh, So would you suggest people do that or just go into the wand shop on Um, their own? It's kind of fun to watch mm-hmm. but if you're not picked it's a little disappointing for sure not worth the the 40 minute or 45 minute wait um it's more like it worth a <laughs> 10 to 15 minute wait honestly. okay, okay. okay. <laughs> that makes sense yeah. yeah but once you get into the actual store it's pretty cool because they have all these scrolls that describe all the different wood characteristics mm-hmm. and you see all these wand boxes kind of Kind of like the movie. They're organized, but they're all stacked up upon each other, and it's... Like it's organized very... clutter? Yeah. Yeah, organized clutter. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. When you first go in, there's lots of fake boxes in that little secret room that Annie was telling you about. Yeah. And they're all fake. They're all glued in. <laughs> but um, it's interesting. You can look at the boxes. The It is definitely... A very colorful, organized clutter. Cannot speak. Clutter. (laughs) Well, so overall, your overall experience at Wizarding World of Harry Potter. um, What do you? uh, What do you? Do you recommend people go or or you you do? Okay, I give it. We haven't even talked about all the fun stuff yet. Oh. I thought we were. What what more fun than uh, Flight of the Hippogriff and the uh, Durmstrang? What what else Let's happened? Let's see the Forbidden Journey, oh, that's um, right. the Owl Post. Well, I okay. don't know the Book of Monsters. <laughs> Give me the rundown on the Forbidden Journey. Um, okay, and then this we'll is let gonna you be go. really long because this was incredibly no, <laughs> fun. Little small. Yeah, Too bad. Do, do me a favor, condense it. Give me like a two-minute review. How do you feel about All it right. personally? Okay, Hermione like, magically makes you float so that you can go see the what? Quidditch match. First, first, I have to tell you, you get on these chairs where you pull down like a big chest thing to protect you. Yeah. Like one of those really crazy roller coasters, which it is. Yeah. Um, and they give you quote-unquote um, Quidditch <laughs> goggles. Quidditch goggles? We didn't have Quidditch goggles. I don't think so. They're 3D glasses. Oh, okay. okay. That's why the air quote Quidditch goggles? Yeah. Okay. And um, then you go down this, like, green tunnel. Like, you're traveling through space and time. It's a little weird, but it's super cool. Don't see how it's relevant, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, we're already supposed to be in Hogwarts. Why are we going through a magical tunnel? Yeah, you you already have a suspension of disbelief. You don't need to be, uh, you know, extra concerned about where you are and, and the reality. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Um, but once Hermione makes you float on your way to the Quidditch pitch, you passed um, Hagrid on the Hogwarts Bridge, who's holding an em- empty shackle, and he's yelling, has anybody seen the dragon? Uh-oh. And 
honestly, that's when I started freaking out. Because I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. Tell, do me a favor. Tell me about the ride mechanics. The, well. Like, because you're moving all two, over the place, right? Well, there the two, like, there was, like, two animatronics, I guess. There was the dragon. Which was really cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, it the... breathes fire on you. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. How how was how was the the ride itself? Right. So you're in you're in like the seats, and don't yeah. you move all over the place and swivel? Yeah. Well, well that... you don't swivel. You, you don't just... swivel. You go everywhere. Okay. <laughs> um, well, did, did you get I sick? Have... No. 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 I almost did. <laughs> well, I kind of did. My stomach got left with the mentors that were there. <laughs> um, Took it right I out of you. I happened to look to the right when we were on the ride, and I saw um, another set of people doing it. And so what I learned from that is that you're, like, four seats wide, and there's, like, a mechanism on the back where, like, in... Mm, I don't know how to explain this. Like an arm is picking you up and moving you around. Okay. That's now, pretty, that's I found good. that, that anybody sense. touching you or looking in another direction kind of ruins it. Oh, yeah? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it feels like you're flying with Harry going to the Quidditch match and then Dementor show up. Okay, so it, it really made you feel like you were in the movie. Yeah. That's but cool. For me, there was no cold air. When the Dementors came. And uh, if you're a Harry Potter fan, you know cold. It gets right. cold when Dementors come. Yeah. And I did not feel any cold air. Hmm. But Annie said she did, and she wasn't wearing a jacket. So <laughs> Actually, neither of us were wearing a jacket. Yeah, so. you weren't wearing a jacket. So. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't feel any cold air, but Annie did. So. Uh, well, maybe they have to dial it in still. Yeah. yeah. So, the animatronic Dementors were really creepy, even oh, really? though they're basically just black cheesecloth color. Covered, covered skeletons, <laughs> but it looked creepy. I took off my goggles at one point, and I'm like, "Are those actually there yet? They're actually there." Yeah, I did the same thing actually. Uh, yeah. Well, it it sounds like they did a really good job, and it and and you're yeah. you're saying so uh, so rate it one out of ten. Give me a rating. Nine and a half for the whole for the ride or the whole experience. The entire the entire, the entire Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Eight and a half. Wow. <laughs> did you guys come up with that uh, uh, separate? No, no, or you just did, did that at the same we time? We just said that. We just. That's amazing. Of- you are twins. Yeah. Yes. We're, yeah, we are twins. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to grab my wand. Give me Wait. one second. And you can talk Wait, to you no. guys. Okay. I, I also have like, one really quick question. Go ahead. Because we didn't find out which wand you guys got. Okay, Parker's going to go check hers real quick. But um, I got an Elder Wand, actually. Oh, you, you got the Elder Wand. You didn't wand. get a character one. You got a... Oh, no, you got the Elder Wand. The Elder yeah, Wand. Dumbledore. Oh, yeah. fancy. Dumbledore. I almost oh, I got the Elder Wand. I didn't actually get... Okay, I didn't actually get the one from the movie, the Elder Wand, the fancy one. Mm-hmm. But it's made out of Elder Wood. Oh. And okay. Honestly, me... Have you ever seen those... Black magician wand with the white tips. Yes. yes. That's what it basically looks like, just faded. Okay. okay. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Oh, cool. No, it looked way fancier. Classic, classic wizard wand. Yeah. And what did Parker know, get? Um, so, Parker got an ivy wand, which is very cool looking. Yeah. Though, so it does have descriptions of the different types of wood. It was. I looked at the description, and it was very neat, except for one thing. 
Oh, really? Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. They have good patience. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't have patience. Not really. So well, my want kind of is just a regular um, wand. It has some bumps near the end so you can hold on. And this very beautiful gold metallic piece at the end that I absolutely love. I, I like the wands. I think yeah. they did a really good job with the, with the uh, merchandise. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you ladies gave it an eight and a half. Uh, I definitely want to go. And, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully uh, some of the bugs that it sounds like were there, like with the cold air yeah. and whatever, are going to be worked a, out by uh, opening day. There was one main bug. Yeah. Um, so all the wands are interactive except for some of the character wands. They have to have a gold label. Okay. And um, you'll see this like little thing at the end of your wand. And uh, when you when we went to the ra- when we went around to the interactive stuff, yeah, it was almost all broken because this was at the end oh. of the day. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, it was sort it's a of preview. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was sort kinks. of like we were just there to work out all the bugs. Yeah, that's well, exactly that's, what you were. Yeah, that's, yeah, that was that's why you were there. But uh, that's the cool part is now we got to talk to you and learn about it before anybody else does. Yeah. Yeah. All right, ladies. Um, well, I'm going to let you go because uh, we got to keep moving. But I appreciate the time that you took, and and you know, uh, it sounds like you had an awesome time with a great surprise in the beginning. Okay, and I have one more thing. <laughs> There are puppet owls that are soft and cute and fuzzy. Yeah. Did you get one? Yeah. No. That's okay. <laughs> I yeah. wish I did. <laughs> Maybe next time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, girls. Thank you very Bye. much. You're Bye. welcome. All right, we'll talk Bye. to you later. Bye. Bye, Bye girls. Man, they have to be our reporters. Oh, that was yeah. so good. Our twin reporters, yeah. Parker. <laughs> And Annalise Essers. That was oh, awesome. They were amazing. You know what else is amazing, Taryn? What? Taryn. I was wondering the other day if uh, there were more grains of sand on the earth or drops of rain. And then I got really sad because I realized that I don't think I'll ever know the answer. What, are you listening to a seal song? (laughs) No. But, like, it was raining, and I was like, wow, there's a lot of drops of rain. I was like, oh, and there's a lot of grains of sand. I wonder which has more. And then I was like, how can I find this out? And I was like, oh, I don't think I can. And that made you sad. Yeah. I want to, I want, I want to know things. Do you remember when you just wouldn't know stuff? Like, before Google. And it had no impact on your, on your personal well-being or happiness at all? Like, man, I wonder where this guy's from. Oh, wait. I don't know. And you just didn't know. And it didn't impact yeah, you at so all. Yeah, now it makes me sad. Oh. <clears throat> Terrence, how are you going to follow that, man? I, I can't. <laughs> all right. Show's over. All right. So <laughs> Terrence stumped you. Yeah. Uh, no, so you're going to hit us with the history of the Matterhorn ride. I am. I'm going to try right. to cut it down a little bit because it seems like we're running long. That's fine. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any kids to go home to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because Terrence has all of them. I have, yeah. all, I have all, all of the children. Yeah, exactly. Becca has all the fertilization. <laughs> all the children in the world. All right, so dirt. Everywhere. Dirt as far as the eye can see. 
And it makes sense when you think about it. But when Walt envisioned what Disneyland would be, they had to remove all the orange trees. And once the orange trees are gone, there's just dirt everywhere. That was Walt's dreamland was an entire lot that had to be graded, dug, moved to make Walt's dream come true. Yeah. yeah. So that's what they did. So <laughs> buildings were created, asphalt was laid, dreams were made, and dirt was moved. But some of the dirt that was dug up to build the moat around Sleeping Beauty's castle was actually left inside of the park. Um, and it formed a grassy picnic area where visitors can take a load off and relax. And the hill was called Holiday Hill and then eventually called Lookout Mountain. Um, and I have a couple of pictures. I didn't bring my projector this time for the slideshow. <laughs> but um, if you look at – I'll turn it this way so you guys can see. Okay. If you look at a map from Disneyland right in this we'll area – We'll put this on the, uh, on the yeah, show yeah, post too. Right in this area right here, you can see that there is a just a mound of dirt. Describe that. Where is it? Top right? Top um, right corner? Top right. So it would be immediately to the right of Fantasyland. Under the D and N in right. Disneyland. And this is the 1957 map. Okay. So um, it's just a mound of dirt. But also, if you look at an actual aerial view, you can see it even better. It's just a mound of dirt. Yeah. It mound was just of a, dirt. a mound of dirt that they turned into... Um, an area for picnics, people to hang out. Uh, once the Skyway opened, the Skyway to Fantasyland opened in uh, 56. Yeah. They put a support tower right there, um, and that's where Holiday Hill was. So in Walt's mind, it was an eyesore. Uh, but not only that. I wonder, I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off. I, yeah, wonder, I wonder what was supposed to be there. Or, Nothing. But like, so he just knew that, because it, in my short-sighted mind, mm -hmm. I'd be like, oh, I have... Ten attractions. This is all the space I need. Right. But there, if you look at the but way But he that, knew that it was just, I'm going to use it for something. For, for a picnic area, an yeah. area for people to go. I mean, he had the other picnic. He had picnic areas everywhere for people to just hang out and literally just sit down and watch. But, but I, I guess what I'm saying is, is was, was this one intended for a picnic area? Or was it like, oh, we didn't get anything cool in time? This one was not intended for a picnic area. Okay. So if you look at the year that they had to build the park, the fact that when they opened the park, um, you know, p women's heels were sinking into the, con to the cement. Yeah. Um, they had all these things going on. And with strikes going on, that they just basically piled all the dirt in the area. And they're like, instead of having it be a quote-unquote eyesore, we'll try to grow some dirt on it. We'll have it so people can sit there. And from the top, you could see most of the park at that time. So that's what that's what they did. Okay. Um, but quickly, some of our uh, friskier youth uh, okay. began to uh, make it called Lover's Hill. So uh, since oh. there was a lot of – there was basically a lack of visibility if you're on the backside. All right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So um, so it started to become a problem. Well, it was the 50s. So it was probably just it's the, making out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah watching yeah. the submarine races. It's right. fine. Yeah. So they were they – were, there, a lot of things were going on there. They didn't want it going on there. Um, so they weren't sure exactly what needed to be done, but they knew that something had to be done. Okay. So um, around this time, Walt began to make Switzerland his normal summer vacation spot. So um, in 53, he started going uh, to Switzerland every single summer, and he really became interested in the entire area. Um, and so he decided to commission a movie to be made based on Switzerland and the Matterhorn Mountain in Switzerland. Okay. And the movie was called Third Man on the Mountain. It was actually the most dramatic Disney movie made up to that point. Well, um, after have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Okay. I haven't seen it. Yeah. We're not. <laughs> we're going to have to write about it at <laughs> some point. I've never even yeah. heard of it. We're going to have to write about it. No, we're it. only doing animated. 
No, uh, okay. But Whatever. we'll still write about we'll it. We'll write about it. Why not? I'll Eventually. write about anything. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, and Fantasia as well. Except for so, Fantasia. Um, so after the movie concluded... <laughs> I wrote about it. I didn't publish it. I didn't finish it. <laughs> that is true. So after the movie concluded, Walt made another trip to Switzerland, uh, and he at this point, he really fell in love with the Matterhorn. He fell in love with all the tales of how unconquerable it was. Like, how do you fall in love with a mountain? Well, it wasn't That's just weird. a mountain Not literally. He's not going to marry it. Yeah, I exactly. understand that. Well, it wasn't... It wasn't yeah, <laughs> Did you... Have you heard your things? <laughs> I don't necessarily like know to, what I'd you like understand and what you don't. The court for the right of marriage. My, my name is Walter Elias Disney, and um, I'd like to divorce Lillian, I'm and I'd like to marry a mountain. <laughs> So, so he, he fell in love with it because of all the tales of uh, climbers trying to conquer it and the fact that they couldn't conquer it. So he okay. fell in love with that. And so, um, that's kind of like him. He's- oh, basically, yeah. And so he he um, started to think of how can we incorporate all that is the Matterhorn Mountain into the park. Um, he thought that this would be the best thing with the culture of Switzerland. Um, that it would be something that would really draw young people. So, while he was still on vacation in Switzerland. Uh, Walt mailed a postcard to Vic Green, who was an Imagineer architect. Now, the front of the postcard had a picture of the Matterhorn in Switzerland. The back of the postcard simply said this, Vic, build this. Walt. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's awesome. That's classic Disney. But he's looking at a over 14,000-foot mountain and sends the information to his, his architect. Not the information. Not the specs. Nothing. Just build this. A postcard. Just yeah. build this. That's, That's it. Classic Walt. It's classic Walt, right? right? So um, so it's, it's pretty crazy, but Walt was a dreamer. And honestly, everything that he wanted to do at, up to that point in the park happened. So he knew he had people who could make dreams become reality. So some of his earlier ideas for the thing, he wanted to have it be a toboggan ride. Um, and he also wanted real snow do on the mountain. Ever, do you guys ever think that Walt was like that nightmare boss? Like that, like getting a postcard from your boss that says "Do this" with no direction, I honestly, but you know he's super picky and particular about everything. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I honestly, it's not I like honest, a nightmare. I think that Walt was crazy. <laughs> like, I seriously think that he was eccentric. I mean, think of some of the things that he wanted done in the park. And you're absolutely right to be in a, a meeting where he's like, "Yeah, you know what." I want you guys to build a mountain with snow on it. Yeah. Real snow. In, uh, real snow okay. in L.A. Right. Like, what's wrong I with bu- this dude? I, I Are built this park because there's no rain ever. <laughs> right. But I want you to make it snow. <laughs> it's, it's, absolutely, it's absolutely insane. Here to change the world, man. It's not even like I want you to make it snow. It's like make it snow. Or, uh, Just do it. No. <laughs> no. Don't make it rain. Make, make, it, make snow. it snow. Make it snow. So, <laughs> so Joe Joe Fowler, who was uh, Disneyland's construction fee, uh, chief, who had already been through all the other stuff that they tried to do, just immediately began to shot, uh, shoot down all of Walt's ideas. It's like the toboggan no ride. The toboggan ride, you want people to fly down this huge mountain with no safety <laughs> restraints. We're not going to do that. And, yeah, we're not going to have real snow because how are we going to drain all of this and where is it going to go? <laughs> so right. we're not going to do this, right? So. So um, so what they decided to do is um, completely change the plan. They decided that they would build this mountain that would look like the Matterhorn. It would be one one-hundredth of the scale. So instead of 14,700 feet, it would be 147 feet at the time. Um, and they decided what we're going to do is we're going to have a steel beam substructure. Uh, so it will be the support for all the track. A uh, wood superstructure, which would help uh, hold on the facade. Um, the, a wire mesh, uh, canvas, and concrete. Now, it they sounds ran a, heavy. 
they ran into a lot of problems, like mm-hmm. immediately. So um, when they were doing all of the ideas for what they needed to do, they realized that no beam would be the same size, weight, or length. <laughs> Wait, so, say that again. Wait, wh- what? No, no metal beam was going to be the same size, weight, or length. Because be- of the, like, the be- weirdness of be- the mountain? Exactly. Because be- it's a mountain? It's not. It's, there's no uh, normal angles. Everything juts out, and they wanted to make sure it was attached to the sub-sculpture or the substructure. Mm-hmm. So nothing was going to be the same size. So they figured huh. that they needed 2,175 pieces of steel that would all be completely <laughs> wow. different. Wow. That doesn't sound like a pain in the butt at all. That Not at like all, it's right? Organizational. <laughs> That's like nightmare. Putting an IKEA dresser together on crack, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So they they called they called um, a steel company, and uh, the guy said, "So what's your order?" And he goes, "We we need uh, you know a little bit, almost twenty two hundred pieces of steel." He goes, "What's the dimension?" Okay. For piece number one, the dimension oh, is, geez. and went through the whole thing. And when they got to like piece number twenty, the guy was like. So wait, 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 everything's different? And they go, yeah, everything's completely different. And the guy said, nope, call someone else. Yeah, call uh, someone else, dude. So they had to keep going through all these different channels to try to get it. So they finally got the stuff in, and the mountain began to take shape. Um, and I actually have a picture as, as well of the mountain during construction. I'm zoom out of that. Um, so the mountain began to take shape. As you can see, there's all these different jutting parts that are going out at the oh, top, yeah. very top. The mountain is somewhat constructed. Somewhat. It's getting there. So, yeah, looking at it from a, a, a tourist perspective, you don't, I mean, you notice that there's odd angles, but you don't really notice how odd. Right. Yeah. Until you start looking at how was this built? It's absolutely insane. Actually, yeah. looking at that is a little bit terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, uh, in all, uh, there are 500 tons of steel and concrete that are used to construct the mountain. Um, and they used enough wood that they could have built 27 houses of that era with the amount of wood that they built. 27 White Houses? 27, no, not 20, um, yeah. 17 White okay. Houses, yeah. <laughs> sounds um, yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> so um, of all the rides that were built, this was the least imaginative. And why I say that is because they had a template. And the template were pictures of the actual Matterhorn. So hmm. every rock, every tree, every patch of snow, every single thing done to this ride was based on pictures of the actual mountain. Um, okay, and and so unlike the other rides where it was like a cocktail napkin sketch, right? Exactly. Okay, because exactly. we were talking to Dexter Francis from the right. uh, uh, Aero Development Show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's what he would say. People go, "Oh yeah, just this thing," and then right. there was no direction at all. Right, and we'll we'll get to that as well. Okay. That's, but you're absolutely right. With yeah. everything else, it was just Walt saying, "I have this idea." And I want you guys to make this idea happen. And with this, it was like, no, I want it to look like this thing that I love when I yeah, go on vacation. This specific thing, exactly. Yeah. Um, so they had they had the ideas, but there was no technology to build what Walt wanted again. Okay. So Walt wanted the ride to simulate the smooth motions of bobsleds gliding over ice. So in order to actually build the attraction, guess um, what? Didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that's okay. So that's the thing. So they, they tried their hardest to make it feel as smooth, smooth as possible, but it's not yeah. a smooth ride. No. So they had to move uh, what was called the Midget Autopia at the time and also the Viewliner. And the Viewliner, um, you can look up pictures. It actually looked somewhat like the monorail, and it would take you on a scenic tour of uh, Tomorrowland. So um, they had a, they had to move. Scenic. Uh, yeah, you scenic tour of a. Uh, yeah. Here's two giant show buildings. Yeah, you see the rocket. There you go. Yeah. So that was basically it. So um, so Wed uh, enlisted Aero Development. We've had them on the show, um, and they created a lot of amusement park rides or uh, attractions that Walt liked. 
But they had never built anything like this because they'd never done a roller coaster before. So this is for their first one. So uh, they decided that they were going to use a tubular steel track. Um, this was also the first time this was ever used on a ride. Um, and the ride vehicles themselves were attached at three different points. So this would allow the vehicle to hug the rails on sharp turns um, while still taking going at full speed and riding, quote-unquote, smoothly. Uh, they also had the brilliant idea to pressurize uh, pressurize the tracks themselves, so you can easily see leaks, air leaks in the track, and you can tell you can uh, check for any kind of wear and tear. Um, also, they realized that the um, the park at this point was already having basically overcapacity for the amount of attractions, and so the the lines were crazy long. So they decided to use two tracks that would intertwine. Um, and so um, this would allow 24 riders to be on the track at the same time since they um, were able to incorporate things where you could have up to three cars on the on each track at each time. Yeah. Um, also, they used forced perspective to make the mountain appear larger. So trees near to the top of the mountain were made smaller uh, than those near the base in order to uh, make the mountain appear larger. Uh, the attraction itself also has an 80-foot waterfall. The vehicles have a top speed of 25, uh, 27 miles an hour. Uh, and there's a final splash at the bottom that um, does two things. Number one, it cools the onboard braking system, and it also acts as a natural brake as well before you come into the docking system. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the fact that there was the Skyway uh, support right there, uh, the mountain for the buckets for the buckets, yep, the mountain, the mountain uh, served a dual purpose. Number one, it was the first thrill ride in the park, and number two, it hid the ungodly <laughs> sight of that the support beam right there, oh, and so right. the buckets actually went through the mountain. Um, so they they built everything, they had everything ready. It was completed. They were ready to open it. Walt looked at it and he goes, "Huh, looks about ten feet too short." Oh, no. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. So even ten with feet yeah oh, this walt man this walt so even with that um oh. even with that they opened it and uh it oh. was disney's first official thrill ride wow. um they so also they did not extend it no no come on no way there's no way they would do it hey, at that it's point walt. <laughs> hi jim i'd know. like to order another 642 beams from you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> first one size <laughs> hi it's disneyland we like to order some- hello hello hello, hello. <laughs> So also they decided that it was a good idea to have climbers on the mountain to make it as, th- as uh, authentic as possible. Um, and the climbers actually at the beginning went nine times a day, six days a week. And Jim Crary, uh, one of the original uh, scalers, tells the story of his first day on the job. He says Dick Erb, who played the character of Hans, and himself, who played the character of Otto, uh, they were told if you can climb the mountain, the job is yours. So on a warm June afternoon, uh, Dick and I decided our route. We climbed over the fence, erected to keep out everyone else, and we're about 20 feet off the ground when we were accosted by Disneyland police. <laughs> we found out that no one told them what we were doing <laughs> and that we were supposed to take the ride's elevator to the inside platform and begin from there. Oh, jeez. On the same climb, I sprained my ankle and was carried to the infirmary by Chip and Dale. No <laughs> way. Yes. That's awesome. So that was his first day on the job. So, you uh, know, we, uh, just while you were doing that, I was doing some research, and I found actual audio of the first phone call when uh, when they were trying to get the, the, the metal. Okay. The different, you know, the 2,000 pieces yes. or whatever. And uh, here, I'll play right now. <laughs> there you go. That's about That's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> so before, before they opened the ride, before they decided on uh, what it was going to be, it went through a lot of different names. This first one was called Snow Hill. 
then Snow Mountain, then Mount Disneyland, then Disneyland Mountain, then Sorcerer's Mountain. Mount Disneyland. Then Magic Mountain. <laughs> oh, yes. God, I wish it was Magic Mountain. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, man. Um, and then Fantasy, uh, Fantasy Mountain, Echo Mountain, the Walter Horn <laughs> after Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, that's someone trying to brown nose. That's, yeah. No, check it out. It's, uh, <laughs> it's the Walter the Horn. The Walter Horn, because I love you. Can I get a raise? Yeah. And then finally, they settle on Matterhorn Mountain. So on uh, June. So they settled shocking. on the name. On the name of the, the name actual of mountain they're building. Exactly. So on Weird. June 14, 1959, uh, it officially opened along with the submarine voyage. It was dedicated by Richard Nixon, who was the vice president at the time. And along with the submarine voyage, they became the first official e-ticket rides. Okay. So, um, so they uh, they decided um, they decided that this was actually a good idea. Now, this is the crazy thing. Um, at the time, things were kind of changing over. It was changing over from people uh, being on Route 66 and stopping on the side of the road to see like the world's biggest ball of yarn and dinosaur village and stuff like that. And now people were ta- about getting from point A to point B as fast as possible. That's why mm-hmm. Five was born and different things like super that. Super highway. A super highway. Yeah. And what Walt did was Walt built the first huge landmark on the side of a super highway because at the time, at 147 <laughs> feet, it was the largest building in Anaheim. Wow. Wow. And it worked. People So that were, people would see it from the freeway and want to know what that was? And they would get off and they would wind up going to Disneyland and they would they would experience it. And so hmm. Walt once again completely changed the way that things were working. So um, it stayed the same way for about 19 years. Now, uh, near the early part of 1978, uh, a mysterious advertisement began within the park for the Matterhorn. And the advertisement simply said, what's gotten into the Matterhorn? And I have a picture of what they did. So it was basically just um, white letters with red, ominous-looking eyes at the bottom. What so, year was this? Uh, 1978. Okay. 1978. Mm. Uh, what has gotten into That's the Matterhorn? So um, uh, most attendees didn't realize it at the time, but 1978 would bring a major refurbishment to Walt's Mountain. Uh, the <laughs> entire theme of the mountain was changed. Up until this point, the ride was simply supposed to be a, simu- a simulation of a toboggan ride down an icy mountain. Not only that, but the interior of the mountain was not themed. And we have never, well, you know, you wouldn't even old enough to ride it at the point. We have never seen this. But at, up to this point, when you go inside of the mountain, it was completely hollow. You could see all the, uh, the all the structures. You could see the oh, entire really? track. Really? Like Space see, Mountain. Like Space Mountain, except okay. with the lights on. Right. So huh. you could see everything. And so, so it was just a roller coaster. It was just a roller coaster that was within the, the facade of of a, uh, oh wow! Yeah, I did not know that. I, I didn't, didn't know, I that did either. know that either. So, um, so um, what they decided to do, uh, John Hinch, who was uh, Web COO at the time, he felt it felt it was time to recreate the mountain. So darkness and obscurity began to take over the interior, with multiple caverns being created. Uh, while the ride was going the same speed, it felt faster because the darkness took away your point of reference to where you are within the mountain. Next, they had lighted ice formations that began to uh, illuminate the crystal caverns, while while the sounds of wind chimes, howling winds, and the screeching of the newly added abominable snowman created a sense of terror. They added red eyes to the uh, initial climb that made you feel like you're being watched, maybe even stalked. But how did the abominable snowman get there? Well, at the same time, there was a refurbishment going on with the Jungle Cruise, 
and they eliminated the gorillas that were on the Jungle Cruise. Now, one of the gorillas... They did? Yes, they did. Well, they put them back, though, right? They put them back. Okay. All, right, all right. But one of the gorillas from that, that from that era made its way into the mountain, <laughs> was reskinned and repurposed as the Abominable Snowman. Oh, wow. Yes. Huh. Yes. So um, not only did they change the interior of the mountain so it was no longer visible, but there were changes made to the ride vehicles. Uh, Mapo, which is a fabrication division of uh, WED or you know, Imagineering, okay. was brought in to make the, the vehicles wider and more comfortable. Is Mapo an acronym? Uh, I, yeah, but I, I didn't even look what it was, was for. Um, the safety handles, there used to be safety handles on the outside of the cars, which seems kind of crazy to me at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were, they were moved to the inside of the, of the car. Smart move. Yes, yeah. very smart move. <laughs> also, this is when the ride vehicles became tandem. So instead of having one car, they had two cars that were joined by a steel bar, and it increased capacity by 70% at that time because you had more vehicles out on the track. Um, stayed this way for about 15 to 16 years. Nine, so wait, there, yeah. there, you would be sitting next to somebody like, like next to like like a re, like a regular roller coaster. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. With this with this ride, um, what they did instead of having they still had the um, two people in the front sharing a seatbelt, two people seats. in the back, the cuddle seats. Yeah. Oh. Okay. And now they grabbed another car. Why are you look? Why are you staring at me like I'm a steak <laughs> when you hear the word cuddle seats? She was like, oh yeah. So they basically took two cars. And it joined them with a metal bar. So instead of having one car, you have two cars out at the same time. Oh, okay, got it. Um, so it stayed, it stayed it. the same way for about 15, 16 years. 94 saw the closure of the Fantasyland to Tomorrowland Skyway, and the uh, holes that were in the Matterhorn were closed. Also, um, also they added um, something called Wells Expedition. It was the remains of a failed expedition. It was in tribute to Frank Wells, who was Disneyland's president and died earlier that year. Uh, then in 2012, they changed from the cuddle seats. I looked at you the same way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> from the cuddle seats. There you go. Yeah. You, you got to get the twinkle in both right. eyes. Yeah. There you go. To um, to the three seats per vehicle, uh, where you have your own individual um, seatbelt. Okay. Um, and with this now, with that and the um, the adjoining cars, you get 1,500 guests per uh, per hour ride. Uh, they added the climbers back. The climbers left somewhere in the uh, early 80s. They added the climbers back. Um, and then they made a $1 million uh, facelift where they took some of the trees um, off near the top, and there's no snow at the base. And in order to make, make the uh, snow look like it's glistening, they actually painted it with um, paint that was impregnated with little bits of glass as well. So, oh. so okay. snow glistens like normal that's cool. snow does. That's neat. Um, that's a good uh, That's a good fact. So wait, there's... Are they doing climbers? Yeah, that sounds yes, dangerous. They, they're back it sounds now. Painful. No, no, no. It's not like it's not like gloves or shoes. It's not. It's not real snow, right? It's, it's just. Paint. I'm pretty sure the climbers know that it's not real. Well, maybe the glass is just on the inside. Maybe they used glitter on the outside. Oh my God! Aaron stinks. <laughs> All right, so I'm sorry. It's not stinks. I, it's, it's, it's it's funny. It's not funny. <laughs> it's I funny. appreciate you, Tara. I do too. Thank you. And 2015, um, it closed for a little bit as well, and they completely changed uh, what what it was. Yeah. Um, they added um, projected images of an uh, abominable, uh, abominable snowman through a sheet of ice. There's now scarier animatronic versions. That appear at the very top and halfway through the ride. And Greg's in here nodding like, "Yeah, scary." 
dude. It, and and they turned up the volume by 16 decibels as, uh, decibels as well. Oh, wow. Really? So it's 16 decibels louder. So it, like it's actually almost ear piercing to me at some points. It's so loud. Um, and this was the Disney's new magic initiative. Which uh, also brought new things to Star Tours, to Big Thunder, etc. Okay. They wanted to reimagine the ride without completely changing the ride. Um, and then I'm glad they did yeah. because it, it made it a, a ton better. Oh, so last time I was there, which seems like it was like eight years ago, but last time I was there, we went on the on the ride, and I was like, oh, okay, whatever, I'll check out the new edition, see how it is, whatever. It was amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing good. Now. Still rickety and and hurts your back, but it's still it's so much better. I'm glad you said that because um, about two weeks ago they actually added cushions, more cushions to the bobsled as well. Oh wow! So that uh, it, you still have the same kind of bumpy ride, but it's not as bad for your back and your backside. So um, we had this conversation before on ears up. Yes, there are two tracks on Matterhorn. Uh, there's the left track. That's what I was saying. No, you're right. You oh, were right. Yeah, you I were know. right. So I never thought I wasn't. No, I, I know. No one else. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Taryn. So there's two tracks. Um, there's the Fantasyland track. Wow, she the, got surly on you. I know. No a little bit. I never thought you were wrong either. I was on your side. I was more. It's more towards you. You just weren't Thank looking. You. <laughs> Thank you. So on the uh, so the left track, which is the Fantasyland track, which tends to be longer because of where the entrance is, um, it's 2,037 feet in length. Uh, it's a two-minute and seven-second uh, seven ride, a little bit less intense. The right track on Tomorrowland, uh, and it's only shorter because of where the entrance is, because it's basically where everyone splits off to go to Fantasyland. Okay. Um, or you go to the left side of the mountain, and you're right by the bathrooms that are right by Alice in Wonderland, which is a really big throwaway. Okay. So it tends to be a little bit of a shorter line. Uh, 2,134 feet, uh, two minutes and 26 seconds. Uh, more intense, and this is the one that actually turns you towards the Abominable Snowman on the right as well. Uh, the uh, quick fact, Matterhorn is the only ride to move from one land to another land. What? What? Tomorrow, Matterhorn is the only ride to move from one land to another so they, land. I feel like that's they, not true, it but is true. it might be true. It is true. Like they changed the... Well, the entire land, the entire attraction was actually built on rollers. And so they, no, I'm just kidding. They didn't okay, move it. You're crazy. No, they, 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 <laughs> they shifted to, it into gear. I was right. about to believe that. Oh my gosh. No, no. So they, <laughs> gear, they also took uh, gullible out of the dictionary. I don't believe that. <laughs> yeah. So it was actually, uh, originally it was in tomorrow, uh, Tomorrowland okay. because of the way the, bur- the borders were. But then in, and no one can nail out the exact date, but somewhere in 71, 72, they actually turned it from a Tomorrowland ride into a Fantasyland ride. So it's the only ride hmm. that has moved from one land to the other land. You know, honestly, I've, I've always wondered what land that is actually in. Yeah. It's, it's officially in, uh, in Fantasyland. Fantasyland? Okay. Yeah. It's in Norwegian. In the show. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to do this. Okay, go ahead, Terrence. Go ahead, Terrence. Oh, wait, no, you're not on. Sorry. I'm going to go ahead and do this. There we go. There we go. Now right. you're still on. Okay, so. It's the Jason and Darren's show. So, um, if you look at the mountain itself, the bobsleds only use the bottom 80 feet. I have another picture right here. So, um, the top 67 feet is taken up with different things. So, um, it's taken up with the engines that actually pull the sleds to the top of the track. There is a basketball court up there. Yes, it's a storage area, but there is a basketball court up there. Um, as, as well as Tinkerbell's break room for when Tinkerbell does her flight. 
Uh, Does she still do that? She doesn't do it anymore. Okay. There's uh, and then there's storage. There's a platform for where the climbers actually go out to start scaling because they only scale the top 67 feet as well. Where all the glasses? <sighs> Goodness. All right. So well, at least they um, can uh, pause and get a drink of water. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. So uh, so people uh, people have said that um, the hoop was added. We talked about this before mm-hmm. to make it a sports arena. Uh, completely untrue. Right. Adding a single hoop to something does not make it a sports arena. Um, it is the largest peak in, in Disneyland, but not the largest peak in the Disneyland Resort because uh, Mickey's Wheel of Death is taller as well as the Tower of Terror. Uh, and then, lastly, um, there's a couple of Mickey, uh, hidden Mickeys. So if you are looking at the entrance to the ride right before you go through the turnstiles, uh, there are different crests that are up there. There is a crest of a key. If you look at the key and look at the handle of the key, it actually makes a hidden Mickey. Um, if you are by Small World, by the Le, Le Petit Chalet shop, right there by Small World. That's French. Yes, for the small shop. For the small, okay. the small shop. Or other. Yeah. So, um, or small peak or whatever it is. If you're over chalet. by Chalet. Chalet. Yeah. It's whatever. It's French. If you go to, uh, if you're, you turn around, look two thirds of the way up the mountain on the side. There's a clearing in the snow, and the clearing in the snow actually forms a classic milk, uh, Mickey tilted slightly to the left. And as you're on the ride, after the first peak before you go um, you know, down the initial drop, you'll see the Wells Expedition with all the crystals and the broken bobsleds. Um, look towards the bottom of that whole display, and you'll see a, um, a rope that is curled into the shape of a Mickey head. Awesome. And that is the Matterhorn. Very cool. Good job, Thank Terrence. You. Good job, buddy. Also, I, I just heard you put on the Facebook page that they've added padding to the seats now. Yes, they did. We talked about that. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, we did. Sorry, well, I, I'd zone in and out. I, I had to look it up because I didn't believe you. Um, but Tinkerbell actually does sometimes fly. I don't know about now, but as of 2014, there is a video of her flying. Of 2014? Yes. Hmm. I did not know that. So, just wanted to say before we get hate mail. <laughs> no, I watched a um, a fireworks show last year, so 2015, and she was she was doing her thing like around the castle, like her aerial stuff. But she didn't do I didn't don't remember seeing like the flight is the the thing where she does like, yes. the one end to the other end. And I have seen the flight, but it wasn't a real person. Uh, during no. the fireworks, the last time mm. I saw it, it was yeah, not a real was, person. It was mm. during the fireworks, right? She was doing her thing. Well, the video from 2014 looked like a real person, and. We may, a, we may never know. We well, this I is think a whole we'll find out. So we never we'll, know. we'll figure it out. But okay. I, I think I think that she does still fly. Okay, but I the information I, I we should up we should find out. They could be wrong. Yeah. Well, hey, man. Any listeners who know that, yeah. let us know. Good job, Terrence. Thank you. Yeah, that was good. I didn't know any of that. <laughs> I haven't ridden that ride in so long. It is a great ride. Like I feel like it's, it's so either much better now. Broken, or the line's always really long. Yeah, and it's hot. Oh, it's, and I don't it's always going to be long. Do you single rider? What? Do single rider. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Taryn, you have an addendum to your last uh, show, which was the uh, history of the Walt Disney Company. Yes. So the what last do you want to say? Uh, so I did the, the history of the Disneyland Company part two, Disneyland, and um, I missed a very, very important person in this. So I felt it only important for me to go back and add this back in. So in... Um, if you haven't listened to that one yet, go back and listen to it. But um, in August 1955, less than a month after Disneyland's opening day, 
Vice President Richard Nixon visited Disneyland. Um, on this trip, oh, hang on, sorry. I'm just going to switch the camera because I realize it's still on Terrence. Uh, <laughs> on this trip, uh, he was given the key to Disneyland by Disney by the park's vice president and general manager, Cornelius Vanderbilt Wood. He's better known as C.V. Wood, or some people called him Woody. Uh, C.V. graduated from Hardin-Simmons University in uh, Abilene, Texas. Uh, he attended the school on a rope twirling scholarship, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> Uh, but he used that scholarship to become one of the best in his class in engineering. He became an integral part of the Disney company when he when he was hired away from the Stanford Research Institute in 1954. He was actually the guy who selected the site in Anaheim. He purchased the land and he supervised construction. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, he was Disneyland's first employee. So uh, he had nearly as much influence on how and what was built in the park as Walt himself. So together, Walt and C.V. actually kind of became best friends. Um, in fact, Walt was known to refer to him as as son, you know. Hmm. Um, and if you remember back to the history of the the the, the Disney company that I talked about, um, I had told you Admiral Joe Fowler, who Terrence also mentioned today, um, and he and I reported to you that he was the construction supervisor for Disneyland. Well, mm-hmm. this is still yeah. true. But it was actually C.V. who discovered Fowler and not Walt. Um, Oh, okay. So C.V. was actually Fowler's boss. So how could I completely disregard such a prominent figure (laughs) in Disneyland's history? No, you don't care. It's not me. Uh, Well, C.V. Wood had a one-year contract with the Disney Disney Company. But in in January 1956, less than a year after he started working there, Trade Papers announced his departure from the company. Wood was gone. But he wasn't just gone from the park. He was gone from Disney's official history. Wow. Uh, There is no trace of him in any official uh, Disney histories. In Dave Smith's uh, Disney A to Z, an official uh, encyclopedia of Disney, Mm -hmm. you can find Elijah Wood, Eileen Woods, James Woods, all of which starred in various Disney films. But there is no C.V. Wood. In fact, the only mention of C.V. Wood in any official Disney publication that I could find was in an, a 2011 official Disney ma- travel magazine that had a tiny little section of trivia about how the London Bridge was moved from Arizona piece by piece in 1968 and that C.V. Wood was was one of the men responsible for that project. So how does one get erased from history? <laughs> right. What did he do? <laughs> uh, we don't know. Okay. Uh, but here are some theories. Um, once the park opened, uh, one of the theories is that Walt caught Wood embezzling money and fired him. Hmm. Yeah. Another theory is that uh, the rift between Walt and Roy over WED that I had mentioned in that episode, mm-hmm. not mentioned, is a huge part of it, yeah. um, could have been extended to Walt and Wood and that uh, Wood and Walt were actually truly campaigning against each other during that time. So Walt and Roy were at odds, but Wood and, and Walt maybe even more. Hmm. Um, and that eventually led to Wood either leaving the company or being forced out yeah. because the, it, 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 the, the employees essentially had to choose either Wood or Walt. Right. Uh, and Walt, of course, won. <laughs> um, the third theory is that Wood was a big believer in UFOs and that that didn't sit well with the Disney company. <laughs> this is not one of the bigger theories because, as we know, Walt was also big into space travel, so it's not likely that this was 
probably the cause. Right. Yeah. Um, more likely than not, Wood and Walt simply just did not get along anymore. Um, they both <laughs> had very independent and very large personalities. Um, Wood was from Dallas or from Texas and Dallas, and he he had this big, strong personality, and of course, Walt did as well. And when it came down to building this park, they kind of were doing it hand in hand. And but really, we all know it was Walt's park, and I think. If he didn't like all the opinions of somebody else, you know, it was Walt's way or no way. Sure. Um, and so that's kind of at the end of the day, it was Disneyland, not Woodland. And that's kind of the theory that is probably the most true. But honestly, because there aren't actually that many people that were alive during that time anymore. And th- those that are talk about it very vaguely. We just don't know. Hmm. But I think it's very interesting that there's this very mysterious person that had a huge influence on the building of Disneyland that basically gets zero credit. Yeah. I want to make a t-shirt that just says, who is C.V. Wood? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> around. It's like a whole campaign. Yeah. It's interesting. All right. Well, thanks Not for bad. the clarification, Taryn. Yeah, no problem. Uh, before we get out of here, I do want to give you an update on the Main Street Fanny Packers. Our social club. Um, the uh, logo is in at this point. We've picked the official club fanny packs. Uh, of course, you don't have to wear the official club fanny pack if you don't want to. You just buy the patch and put it on your own fanny pack. That's fine. I understand people are, uh, you know, they love their own fanny packs, and that's and that's cool, too. If you don't know what I'm talking about, um, it may or may not be the propane link in here that I smell. Um, I'm, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, let me know. Send me an email, jasonears at pythonpodcast.com, uh, and let me know if you don't understand or you're not in the... Um, Facebook group. I made a Facebook group. So if you want to be a part of the Main Street Fanny Packers, let me know. Um, I think by the time this show comes out, I think we'll almost be ordering patches for the fanny packs. But uh, anyway, uh, I just wanted to let everybody know that things are still moving forward. And if you don't, uh, if you don't get these updates on Facebook, if you're not part of the group, uh, you know, let me know. Okay, can we go home now? Yes. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. But first, back to the show. Originally, <laughs> the master. Of the house of the haunted mansion and the ghost host, uh, of course, of a uh, uh, aforementioned haunted mansion was not named Gracie. Everyone calls it Master Gracie's, right. you know, thing, right? It was only after Ex Atencio crafted a tribute in the form of a tombstone to effects man, special effects man Yale Gracie, that fans began to incorrectly assume that Gracie was the master of the house. Disney decided to adopt this legend after the rumors became out of control. <laughs> Nice. That's funny. So it's they fun. just couldn't handle it, so they're like, okay, fine. Yeah, so, you know, I, I guess when you go through the graveyard, uh, there was a, 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 you know, a tribute to Yale Gracie. And, you know, fans, we like to just, you know, snowball ideas and make stuff up. And apparently someone at Disney was like, that's a great idea. That's Let's just do it. Like that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So there you go. All right, everyone. Thanks for sticking around. It's been another awesome edition of Ears Up. And uh, until next time, we'll see you in the parks. 